Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. That's right. You can find me on the Twitters and the Grams at RMK Madness. And as always, by my side, the salary captain, the March Heron. You can check him out on Twitter at AARonStew09. It's my man, Aaron Stewart. What's up, buddy? We finally have our first Sunday of football. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's great. That's all I did today. That's all I did was just watch football. It was good. There were some good games. It kept me engaged. You yes. know, I and I could do it for like a couple of weeks. And then eventually I kind of hit a point where I'm like, I would rather just kind of catch some brief points of it. So it's rare for me to have an entire day of watching football. But man, there were yes. some good games and some surprises. Indeed. Indeed. Let's get right into it. As a matter of fact, um, I'm going to grab when you, I'm going to let you take the very first game because I have to find where I put our picks. <laughs> I meant to have that right by me because, because I know you got a few on me this week for sure, but we'll start with Cleveland at Kansas city. We're just going to jump right into the action. This was a fantastic game. It didn't end how I personally would have liked to see it. I have picked the Browns to win. I really thought at halftime, like, they're in a good spot. They just got to keep the offense going. Now, unfortunately, Casey's D playing better in the second half. Cleveland's offense only managed the one touch. So, you know, would have liked to see him score some more points because it's the fucking Chiefs. And uh, and so, but, it, it, you know, I like – what we saw from Cleveland, it's kind of like with, with Dallas uh, and, and Tampa Bay on Thursday night. Um, you know, Cleveland had a chance to win this game, and they look good. But, hey, it is Kansas City, you know, and it's the Chiefs. They put up a hell of a fight, had a chance to win it, didn't pull it off, but we know we're going to see great things from Cleveland this year and then then the only thing else i gotta say about it is fucking anthony schwartz baby yeah good to see him rolling uh uh, week one so uh but go ahead aaron give give me your thoughts on the game well i want to say after that first half there i was sitting there and i was thinking of our conversation there and i was like wow you know (laughs) ryan freaking called it and and it's encouraging things to for cleveland because they were or obviously without Odell Beckham, which caused about 30 minutes of DFS lineup shuffling. I had about 25% exposure. Um, Not fun, but actually one of the lineups that I adjusted with Odell Beckham and getting him out of the lineup ended up doing really, really well for me in in big tournaments. So, you know, good things happened there. There (laughs) you go. Uh, a couple of things that, that caught my attention on the Cleveland side, man, they were just running at will. Um, yeah. And there was a brief scare on the offensive line with Dietrich, uh, Dietrich Wills, mm. the, the big old, but the big old left tackle for him. Apparently he's okay. He went on Twitter and paraphrasing, but said he's fine. Um, Cause you just, yeah, we're, we're, you and me are on board. We're like, this is a really good Cleveland team. We'd yeah. love to see them, you know, dethrone Kansas City in the AFC like champion. Um, we really didn't want to see 
you know, a major injury like that happen, but they're running right. well. And David and Joku making some plays. Oh, oh yeah. Was- <laughs> oh yeah. But simply put, I with Kansas City, it's a two-person passing game show, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. And despite the fact that Cleveland knew that and they still couldn't do anything to stop either one of them. It's mm. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then my last thing that, that I just noticed, Clyde Edwards Alaire, I just kind of, eh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little he, disappointing, but he, this, he this is, is he probably is, what he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's going to get volume. He got 17 total touches and he produced just over 70 yards. Cleveland is a much improved defense. So, at least we're seeing that, okay, he is probably going to get at least 15 touches in, in games that he's healthy right. and, and be involved. But there's just – there. I don't think there's much of a ceiling. He'll have his boom week, sure, but, like, people also have to be ready for performances like this. No touchdowns and kind of meh. Sorry, I thought I heard something. <laughs> I'm telling you, the background noise on this thing, it doesn't come through as much on the recording, thankfully. But um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy with Clyde Edwards. I, I was down um, to draft him this year. I, de- I don't have him on hardly any rosters, but I was yeah. good with him this year because of his ADP. And uh, yeah, it does just kind of seem like, He's just going to be what he is. I mean, and and that's okay. Uh, and like you said, boom weeks. Um, but yeah, it's not very exciting for what, I mean, I know at least some ex- people expected out of him coming in. So, but uh, yeah, fun game, fun game. And I'm going to have to find our picks and I'm going to do, because I'm pretty sure you took Kansas city. I did take I'm, Kansas city. on this And I'm one. also pretty sure. You got the winner of the next game that we split on Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. I, you know, I want to say I actually took Buffalo uh, on this one. I, I thought Buffalo gonna was going to blow Well, you start talking about the game. Certainly. I'm going to grab the, the, the tally, the picks list. Certainly. Uh, with, with this game, battle of two, two AFC playoff teams. Buffalo took an early lead, and then Pittsburgh, you know, I didn't watch this game, but Pittsburgh took control of the second half. One of the things that did catch my attention, I, I put on Twitter that my honor, my honorable mention of a wide receiver to fade was Chase Claypool. Really didn't like the matchup, and honestly, I think this performance here, it, it supports that. Finished with three catches for 45 yards and added a 25-yard rush, no touchdowns, kind of a myth thing. Uh, yeah. A lower scoring game than than expected, and that pro- that favored that honestly favored Pittsburgh because one of the things that I did discuss in the last pod was Pittsburgh. They drafted Najee Harris. They clearly want to run. On the other side, Buffalo. I mean, those playoff games, Josh Allen, like they they would only have Devin Singletary, and he would get like four rush attempts. This one was a little bit different. Singletary actually so. The number one thing with Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. That caught me off guard. Um, maybe I should have been paying more attention. I know Moss has been dealing with some injuries, but I didn't mm. expect him to go with Rita. Uh, if you no, drafted that was Moss, weird. yeah, and if you drafted Moss, honestly, I wouldn't, if you can afford it, 
I would wait a week. I, I'd mm. wait because Brita, Brita didn't do anything. Four carries, four yards. Singletary, a lot better. Just looking at the box score, 11 carries, 72 yards. Maybe it just has something to do with with health. Maybe Moss, I, and I don't even remember what his injury that he's dealing with, but he was dealing with something preseason. So I, with Moss, I would be waiting a little bit. Now, <laughs> he clearly can't can't start him, but I wouldn't freak out with him yet. Uh, the, the receiving game, basically with Buffalo, it's what we saw last year. It digs and Beasley being the primary two options there with some kind of ter- tertiary options there with Emmanuel Sanders. Dawson Knox was involved um, a, a little bit. Gabriel Davis catching touchdowns, doing what he was doing last season. So, but really – it was Diggs, Beasley, and then the rest of the guys all had the same amount of target share. So, ugh. well, I did watch this game um, because I was planning on watching Red Zone, but apparently I don't have Red Zone this year. I must have to redo it or something. I don't. I don't know. I got to look into that for next week. But that was the other game on besides. Um, who else was playing Colts the Colts and Seahawks was on the other channel but uh so I was watching a lot of because my brother my younger brother lives in Buffalo huge Bills fan so I'd be checking out the Bills rooting for him a little bit and um you know I gotta say it felt like a couple of times there was a little bit of that old Josh Allen yeah I one of my biggest things is everybody I like I see a shit ton of it on Twitter everybody fucking overreacting to all sorts of shit so I'm gonna try not to do the same thing but I do remember at one point in time Podfather saying something along the lines of you know Maybe I shouldn't put it on Podfather because I'm not entirely sure it's him who said it. <laughs> but I remember hearing something about it, that, that Josh Allen, the potential next Blake Bortles, like one good year and that's it. And so it for some reason that kind of got in my head a little bit. Uh, I mean, particularly, I mean, he was 30 for 51. And it just, I mean, they had one drive that really looks like the old bills and don't get me wrong. I understand the Steelers defense is good, but that fucking game was in Buffalo and it's not like the Steelers were playing very good to begin with. And then they rattled off like 20 straight straight points. And like, it it just, you know, it was, um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so it's like, I'm sure the bills will bounce back and and they'll be fine, but it is, I've kind of got my, I've kind of got my eye on them. I'm kind of going, man, they seem, they seem a little sus. And I, maybe they're having some internal issues. It, you know, that's, you know, um, they got some high profile, non-unvaccinated guys, things like that. So I don't, I guess I can't say that necessarily plays a part, but especially because nothing hap- has happened yet, but you just kind of wonder, like, it just, I don't know. It feels like, they should have been able to do more today, I guess. But uh, yeah. that, that that Pittsburgh D, there's some mean fuckers, and they're they're playing. They played well this week, so um, 
and the offense got it going a little bit. So uh, the Steelers were kind of, you know, iffy about coming into the year. I'm at their team. I'm just going to be I'm actually going to have my eye on both these teams. And now I feel like I've rambled uh, on too long about this shit. But it was a very interesting game. And I, I'm kind of starting to feel like Buffalo is going to be worse than I thought. And Pittsburgh might be better than I thought. And I know. And, but again, I don't want to overreact to just one game. <laughs> so I just kind of got my eye on the situations, I guess, is what I'm saying. Probably my final thing on this one is just like Cleveland and Kansas City, this is a week one matchup that we could easily see happening in the playoffs again. Pittsburgh, oh, sure. Pittsburgh is kind of the old guard, but right. they, they're so good. They still started off last year 11 and 0. They're well coached. Mike Tomlin, one of the mm-hmm. best coaches in, in the league. So for sure, it, Buffalo was disappointing. Uh, but also, it's, it's, we certainly saw bigger disappointments this week than this game. This just happened to be just kind of looking at the box score, kind of getting a, a general feel of this. Just looked like a team that just fell apart for one half that was doing everything right the first half and then just it's how these things go. Just just like with Kansas City. Like you go in, halftime, you make your changes. Apparently Pittsburgh made their changes right. and kicked Buffalo's face in. And you know what? It This – Maybe this could be a good thing for Buffalo because they may have been buying into their own hype a little bit too much. Yeah, so. yeah. that does happen with team. I've saw, I saw it with the Vikings. So it, yeah. there's definitely something to that. So definitely keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens week two. Moving on, uh, I, I want to get into the birds that we spoke a lot about the last couple of po- yeah. the birds. <laughs> and uh, two-thirds of the birds uh, came through. Um, and, and we're going to start with the game that featured uh, 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 the birds that uh, really came through that I kind of was like, hey, I look, I believe in you guys, but you got to fucking show me. Holy oh, yeah. shit. Did the Arizona Cardinals show me their defense was playing great. Kyler, my guy, I've got him rostered in a few leagues. I love this dude. I was hoping for a big year uh, and, and he just comes out with a bang. And I fucking loved it. Christian Kirk getting some love. What? Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that. I fucking love to see that. Relevant to get. So, you know, I, it, it was kind of a little bit shocking to, to see them rock Tennessee so bad. And and again, it's one game, but I'm going like, uh oh, it's a it's a little bit worrisome for t- the Titans, man, because. Chandler Jones was just wrecking them dudes. Like, <laughs> oh, that was so crazy. Like, uh, so I, I don't know. That's that's kind of what I got. I, I've kind of got again, kind of like um, with the Bills and and the Steelers, kind of where they're at. My ears are perked a little bit. Uh, same thing with the Tennessee Titans. My ears are perked a little bit. Uh, yeah. But I fucking thoroughly enjoyed um, seeing Arizona do what they did. That that was exactly what I was hoping to see from them uh, and to get get it right off, bang, right there. First game of the year is good stuff. So that's what I got on this one. Yeah, and, and this was definitely very shocking because uh, this is the early game I was following because I was, this could be a high-scoring game. These are two teams I feel are kind of on the, the up and up. Tennessee's already been competing a little bit, and I've been expecting Arizona to take this next step with Kyler Murray, it, it kind of, I, I go last year with Josh Allen, the year before is Lamar Jackson, these mobile quarterbacks. I'm like, you know, kind of Kyler Murray's turn. 
Uh, and with Tennessee, what I would say is that loss of Arthur Smith, I know we don't want to put too much emphasis on, on play callers, but like when he left, Tennessee said, oh, yeah, we're still going to do the same thing that we've done because it worked. Like we would be stupid to, to change that. And in theory, that's great to say. But Arthur Smith really was a great play caller. And I forget the guy that they've, that they've got in there. I think they, they promoted someone, if I'm not mistaken. They promoted someone right. from within. But at the end of the day, it's a different person. And they may not be as good of a play caller as Arthur Smith. And, man, when you look at just the box score, and I sit there and I go, you have Tannehill, who the past year and a half, is looks so much different than he ever did in Miami. And you give, he still has AJ Brown. And then on the other side, you give him Julio Jones. And then you've got a one of a kind running back with Derek Henry. They're currently in the NFL. There isn't another running back that, that looks and plays like him that is able to. And it's like, how do you only put up 13 points? How? <laughs> and I get right. they lost they lost a lot more pieces than that, but like you know, on paper it, it's this Titans may have to kind of find their identity again, and that may yeah. take a little bit of time. I wouldn't over. I, I just hey, this very disappointing performance for them. But hey, you get embarrassed at home, and you go and you look at film, and you go, okay, we can't play like that ever again. And and also just on the other side, Calvin Murray. Your point. I've just kicked tail. <laughs> kicked tail. Yeah. Look, look at the target share. I mean, obviously Hopkins leading the target share. He had eight of the 32 targets. That makes sense. And then it's who's the number two? I can't really tell you. You know, if you go off numerical numbers, AJ Green had six targets, but Kirk and Rondell Moore both had five, and Chase Edmonds had four. So fun you know, yeah it, is... it definitely makes it tough for you know seasonal yeah. leagues and whatnot because it it there is that whole lot of mouths to feed but it's not like it you know um where there's a few guys like in dallas it's not so bad you know like you can play yeah. amari and you can play cd and you can play gallop and sometimes gallop's gonna have a big ass week you know but right yeah, this situation is kind of screwy, um, but I, I, I still feel like Rondale Moore will work his way up uh, yeah. the pecking order throughout the year. But yeah, it's it's kind of it's a little bit messy right now. But hey, if you got Kyler Murray, it don't matter. Like, because <laughs> yeah. I'll honestly say Rondale Moore did it was a quiet, but I thought it was an impressive debut. Five targets. He had he caught four of his five targets for sixty eight yards. 17 yards per catch led hmm. the team. And and I had him as kind of a sneaky, like if you were dealing with some injuries, like my Scott Fishbowl team, like I, my list of receiver injuries is absurd. Uh, down Michael Thomas, I'm down uh, Curtis Samuel, Michael Gallup, of course, got hurt. Just the list of injuries to where you go, you know, if you had a Rondell Moore, you're like, hey, you know what? I'll start him because I don't really have any other options. And a lot of people would go, oh, he's number four receiver. We just saw in this game exactly what I thought was going to happen. They, they play a lot of 10 personnel, not one running back, zero mm. tight ends, which means they're going to have four receivers on, on the field. Now, tight ends were utilized in this, but the Cardinals will, for a third straight year, 
run 10 personnel at the league best rate. And they were close to 20% last year and they were over 30% in 2019. They're going to be closer to, to the 30% this year. And we, we saw it Kirk, Kirk and Rondale Moore in the slot. And wow, this offense is going to be, it's going to be dangerous. We're going to see it may, it may change. That may be why Kyler Murray is an MVP candidate is because it just like Lamar Jackson two years ago and Baltimore mm. was doing something that no one else was doing. And no one, no one else could stop the, the air raid, the 10 personnel offense is finally at it's, it's finally ready. Yeah. But Cliff Kingsbury yeah. is probably going to mess it up. But like if Kyler <laughs> Murray wins MVP, a big part of that's going to be the fact that they're going 10 personnel and it's going to be fun to see the teams adjust because everyone's everyone. The league is a copycat. If Arizona mm. has success. You'll see other teams start to do this too. So that'd be very, very interesting. I agree. I agree. And it, you know, I would also say that I may have my ears perked with the Titans a little bit, but their offense is going to be fine. I mean, this was probably shell shock. I mean, we knew coming in they weren't going to have the greatest defense, but holy fuck. I mean, it, <laughs> it, I don't know how you stop. I mean, even the best defenses are going to struggle with what fucking Kyler Murray was throwing at him today. So, it, it, you know, I it, it's it, it's uh, I, I wouldn't feel too bad. Move on. Next week, Certainly. Tennessee Titans. So, and by the way, just to catch us up on picks real quick. So I had the Browns, you had the Chiefs, you got a point there. Uh, you're right. We both had Buffalo, so no points. And then in this game, uh, you had the Cardinals. I had the Titans, so you get another point. So there you go, my friend. Don't worry, we, listeners. I promise it's not a clean sweep. <laughs> no. Well, no, because the next game featuring the other two-thirds of the birds, the other two-thirds of the birds, uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Aaron picked the Falcons in this game, whereas uh, Mr. Ryan gets a point for picking the Eagles. And holy shit, thank you, Jalen Hurts, for having a great week one. Miles Sanders had a decent game. Jalen was spreading the ball out. I, I like it. And boy, uh, Atlanta's bad, man. At, Atlanta is is really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, I'm going to talk more about the Eagles because Miles Sanders – Four catches, 39 yards, 74 yards rushing. Would have liked a touchdown, but he, it, it, I, I think we're going to have a good Miles Sanders year, man. I'm excited. And Jalen Hurts is playing well, three touchdowns, uh, only 264 yards, but good day, good day. Oh. And he got some rushing in there, 62 yards rushing. I mean, and like I said, he was spreading the ball around. Devonta Smith got a touchdown. Jalen Rager got a touchdown. Dallas Goddard, I mean – all the dudes are involved. So it's, it's good to see, um, you, you know, there was a little bit of worry, at least for me personally, at a point during the off season, just because of how stupid the Eagles like coaching staff and front office was acting towards Jalen hurts in my opinion. And I think part of it is they were in on the Deshaun Watson uh, sweepstakes. I think it maybe. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just glad to see him come out and kick some ass. It's another one of those, just like with the Cardinals, this was great to see. I was wrong. I thought it'd be more of a shootout. I thought we'd get more out of the fucking Dirty Bird Falcons, but no, no. They just choked it all on up. They didn't. Yeah, it's. I mean, you can just look at their stats. It's it's rough, man. Calvin Ridley had 51 yards. (laughs) 
And that was probably the most shocking thing. Like honestly, in DFS, it seemed like Calvin Ridley was was a a smash for for cash game lineups. If you want to go receiver early, it's like ah, this this Eagles secondary really, well, on paper wasn't good, but I don't know. Right. Like I, I admittedly, this is not one of the games I actually got my eyes on there, but I was like, wow, Ridley and. And Ridley, most of his stuff came like in that first series or two. And then there was just nothing. And really shocking. <laughs> really, really shocking. Like Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan was horrible. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. Oh man. And to people that drafted Mike Davis going, oh, he's the only running back there. No, I I believe we talked about this on a previous pod. Uh, all I, I feel like we did because I had in the recent offseason, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but because I, oh, no. I know who you're going to talk about. And I acquired them on several rosters, this individual, because I just had a feeling like, well, he's up there in age, but I feel like he could end up being a better option than Mike Davis, especially when you get reports out of camp that they're like, Oh no, they're going to use him as a running back. And he's right. number two on the depth chart. It's like, what? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm listening. Right. And you are talking about, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Cor- Cordero Patterson, who is interesting because he's not your typical running back. Uh, people are familiar with him, and And I think sometimes he even gets underrated because did he live up to the draft type? No, not exactly. Uh, he's he's made his bread and butter by, uh, well, first it was the return game, but then when the return game was less impactful in the NFL, he just he's always been able to to adjust. And 6'2", 230 pounds, a receiver that converted to running back. So here you got a guy that's got good size in the backfield with the pass catching that we desire. And man, Mike Davis put up, but honestly, like anytime you just think of career Mike Davis last mm. year, he did have a good year. But also as the season went along, kind of wore down a little bit. Like when you say Mike Davis and you say, oh, he got 15 carries for 49 yards and averaged 3.3 yards per carry. I don't know. To me, I just think, yeah, that is such a Mike Davis line. Right. <laughs> like just, just a, a, a myth. A bleh lineup, uh, just yeah. So people that were drafted, I mean, I don't know where he was going to fantasy drafts because I have zero shares of like all the leagues, all the redraft. I'm sure maybe I have a little bit in best ball, but Mike Davis, that this is a trap. This is a this was an older running back that was on a bad team. Like these, you're gonna see Atlanta have games like this. I, I thought they'd put up a little bit more of a fight against a team I thought was pretty equal in terms of talent, overall talent on the team. But yeah, right. you're you're gonna see Atlanta in a low scoring game because this is their offense. And mm-hmm. I'm not worried about Ridley. I think some people go, Oh, Julio Jones is gone, and look what happens. Ridley's had some massive games without Jones. They're gonna kind of adjust. I whiffed big time on Russell Gage. I thought he'd be heavily involved, but it certainly looks like they're going two tight ends. So a little bit yeah. of 12 personnel. Um, that, I guess that, that, is some, that is something I probably should have caught. It, I have not studied Atlanta as deep as I probably should have. Arthur Smith does like his dual tight ends. 
Uh, as for Philadelphia, I honestly, I got nothing to add. You, you've hit everything there. And I like <laughs> that they got a trio of young receivers for Jalen Hurts because Quez right. Watkins in the slot. Yeah. Just, just awesome to see a guy that truly earned that spot. Like the start of the summer, what people, you know, Greg Ward was the incumbent because that's all he can do is be a slot receiver. Travis Fulgham was there. Travis oh, you're Fulgham. talking about just slot. Right. Well, in just receivers in general, Quez Watkins, okay. like you watch those projections start of the summer, he was left off some, some projections, or if he was on the projection, the very last guy. So to see him just kick tail this summer and truly earn that number three receiver role and come out, he didn't have a big stat line, but he caught three passes. He caught all three of his targets there. And it's like, okay, like he's, he's going to have a role. It'll be interesting to see going forward there. So three young receivers for the second year quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Hurts look great. I like mm-hmm. Sanders' stat line too, because I have, I have articles, individual articles for both those guys where I go, oh yeah, I have planted my flag back in February. I've <laughs> got the receipts, Jalen Hurts being the QB1. And I have my my flag planted, uh, I think maybe two months ago, with Miles Sanders, where I said, this is going to be the breakout season. Obviously no touchdowns, but still got, got good good usage. No oh, Boston yeah. Scott. Good day, good day for Miles Sanders, I would say. And no Boston and, Scott. That surprised me. Yeah. I don't yeah. see him anywhere. <laughs> but I'll, I'll take it. Uh, all right. We'll move on to the uh, Seahawks at the Colts, the aforementioned. This was the other game I had available to me to actually watch on TV. And, uh, you know, Russell Wilson beginning his, uh, what I would say, MVP campaign. Uh, He might have someone to compete with in Louisiana. We'll get to that in a second. Well, technically not currently in Louisiana, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Russell's, you know, the Seahawks offense looks good. And uh, so I'm excited because this, it's what another one of those. This is what I was hoping for. Now we'll see if they can keep it up. You know, that was the issue last year, but I think there were factors to that that aren't in play this year. So I would say look forward to a good year of Seahawks offense and the Colts. will see that they're coming along a little bit. I think it's, you know, it's not like Wentz got a ton of time with him, uh, you know, with the injury and all of that. So um, I don't think they were terrible. I, you know, they're going to get better. I would hope, I would hope so. Yeah. And, and this Colts team just, they were snake bitten with injuries and it never stopped. Right. It, right. it even up to like the last, the, the last game in the preseason, I mean, they lost the guy that was going to be their starting left tackle. And I can't remember if it was on podcast. On the picks there, did we both take Seattle? I, I can't quite remember. Yep, we both took Seattle. Okay. Thank goodness. And I think the, the thing that I I uh, I also mentioned too was like the I I know their over-under was pretty high. It was like 48, 49 points. I was like, oh, I'm not confident on this one. And I want to say I I had it on our podcast where I said I don't know if the Colts can keep up. Like, it's not Seattle I'm worried about scoring. It's the Colts. And when we saw that, 16 points. Right. And, I, and one was, like, late in the fourth quarter. Um, just rough. But both touchdowns going to Zach Pascal. I'm pissed off because I really thought this was going to be a perfect 
showcase for Paris Campbell. He had an early 24-yard catch. It's like, awesome. And then nothing else the rest of the game. I was like, oh, son of a gun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and, Jonathan and, Taylor was the leading receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Naheem Hines also caught six passes. Yeah. And, and, and that's been one of the, the good things. Oh, yeah, the, they were both six, yep. Yeah, like their non-receiver positions can certainly be involved, and probably the surprise one, um, my uh, the rookie Mike Strack, uh, how, how does he pronounce his last name? Because it's not quite the way it's spelled. Strack, Stracken, the big, big tall dude they got like in the yeah. sixth round. He he had a couple of catches too. It's like wow, like that's that's impressive to go from man. I, sorry, the off season. I said right. they're going to have to find a way to stash him uh, on the practice squad. And then he kept impressing to the point where they had to keep him on the roster. And, and, you know, props to him. Uh, Indianapolis, they, they've they spent the last few seasons, they, they'll they take these start throws. Uh, an Ashton yeah. Doolin in 2019, a Desmond Patman last year. Yep, I like Ashton Doolin too. But they, they don't mind taking a six, seven round pick and throwing at receiver and, mm. you know, I know it's one game. It's only a couple of catches, but Doolin hasn't done that in his career. Desmond Patman hasn't done it. They may have actually found something that, that stuck. And, and even if this guy is just a backup receiver, like it looks like a high upside guy too. So right. they found something. And that's good because T.Y. Hilton, we, we don't know. Like that's a really scary neck injury. We, right. we don't know. So uh I think besides there, there was a he ended up being okay, but there was like a injury scare for Tyler Lockett. That uh, my heart almost sunk because <laughs> he's he's like all I've got at receiver at Scott Fishbowl at this point. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm in trouble in Scott Fishbowl too. I don't even like looking at my roster now. I'm just like, fuck man. I was so excited to get into this league and it just went Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I missed the first round of waivers because I just wasn't paying attention. Whoops. Now I just didn't know how to fucking do it because I <laughs> was using the MFL app and I'm like, I don't understand this at all. Yeah. MFL, I'll come back to it. And then I never did. And I'm sorry, MFL. I mean, I like that you guys retweet my, my, my polls for dynasty plays Twitter or no Twitter plays dynasty football, but your, your app, your app sucks. It doesn't work. And your website is just like, how, how can you have so many customization options and it be so bad? But my early results, I'm saved by like so many people didn't know what to do at quarterback. Unfortunately, I only drafted two QBs because if something happens to either one of them, I'm screwed either way. Right. I drafted right. him in the first three rounds. It was Russell Wilson in the first round and Jalen Hurts in the third round. So, so yeah. far, so good. So far, so good. I want to I wanna pull up the scoring real quick because people that aren't that haven't done Scott Fishbowl will, will be blown away on this one. So let's see. I, uh, I think Jalen Hurts scored more points. Jalen Hurts with 41.26 points. And Russell Wilson with 37 points. And let's see if I can find like someone that. Yeah, this is a perfect. Uh, we don't want to crap on Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> but um, I want to say Aaron Rodgers scored negative points. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm, pretty, yeah, I'm pretty certain he scored negative points. So, you know, it's Poor just. Poor Father. 
poor pog father sorry sorry boss man um but also goes to show it's like that's why i think you and i both did this we both went qb early because you had to like they had to be yeah. mobile and they had to be able to complete a lot of passes so sorry yeah. enough of that we yeah, gotta get back to the games <sighs> sorry that i'm trying not to <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's the exhaustion. It's just nonstop. I feel it in waves throughout the day. Okay. <laughs> okay. You you mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is the next game I was going to go to anyway. The Chargers segue. at the football team. So, yeah, perfect segue. There we go. Uh, the Bolts look good. I feel like they could have uh, probably put the hurting on a little bit more. Uh, there were some drop passes. Um, and... Overall, I, I mean, I, I, I like what the Chargers are doing. I know some some people were a little disappointed in Eckler or whatever, but um, Herbert looks good. The offense looks good. They're going to be a fun team to watch. I think they're just going to get better as they go along. And Washington's got a tough defense too, man. So, yeah. Um, and then there's Fitzpatrick and the injury. It sounds like a pretty serious hip injury. Uh, they're not entirely sure how serious they'll find out after the MRI, see if anything's broken there. Um, so does that mean it's Heineke time or does that it's mean Cam's getting a job? <laughs> I think both could be true. Uh, Heineke is clearly the next guy up and looking at his stats, you know, considering the fact, if you're a backup QB, I mean, yes, the number one job of a backup quarterback is to be ready because you never know when your number is going to get called. And to his credit, just looking at box score, came in through 15 passes, completed 11 of them for 122 yards. That's 8.1 yards per pass and a touchdown, no interceptions, no sacks. Like, hey, in the circumstances there where you weren't practicing with the starters, that's pretty that's pretty solid. That's yeah. that, that I, I commend them on that one. Uh, the other thing too, we talked about looking at box scores too. So sometimes it's not the, the stats, like the, the, it's not the yards for the touchdowns that catch my attention. It's the usage. And Antonio Gibson, I know the oh, big, pe- yeah. the, the thing people are going is, Oh no. Well, I mean, sure. Gibson's there. And I know he's gone now, but it's like, well, Peyton Barber is going to be there for goal line work and, t- and they'll rotate him in early downs. And J.D. McKissick had 110 targets. He's he's still on the team. But th- this was pretty, pretty clear here. We saw 20 carries for Gibson. In terms of running backs, the, net, <laughs> the, the rest of the running backs combined for three carries. And then in the passing game, Gibson got targeted five times and McKissick once. So it builds up the the people that got Gibson. I want to say what he was probably second round pick, but maybe there's some people that like late first round, like it, it, the, he didn't score a touchdown and he fumbled and really stinks, but (laughs) there will be brighter days there. He touched the ball 23 times, 23 times, 108 yards total. He's, he's got, He's a bell cow. 
we'll, we'll see. But at least like he was a bell cow for this game, and it was no, nope, that was I encouraging. Think, I <clears> think <throat> that's what uh, if you drafted him, you wanted to see. So, yeah. but uh, to answer the first question, there, I think we're absolutely. Depending on this hip injury, I don't really know much on, on what it is. I guess none of us really will until we get the medical stuff. Right. But if Fitzpatrick's going to miss time, especially if he's like out for the season, you you best believe like Cam Newton to Washington. It just makes it makes so much sense there. I know that's the Heineke, right? But Heineke's had some games where like Washington's really rallied around him, like the team has, but they don't. They're not winning games, and I get it. Tampa Bay ended up winning the Super Bowl, and the Chargers in this game. The Chargers are a team that should be ascending in the AFC that mm. I think we both agree is going to be a playoff team, and they're really mm. going to that, – that their division, they're not just going to lay down for the Chiefs. Right. But, but back to Washington on that one, if – Washington can't get W's. They'll look to do something because they have so much talent everywhere. Right. So watch out for Cam Newton, who has to be the best free agent quarterback right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. All right, now we move on. Well, to the you Darnold also got that one post. right, too. I just wanted to mention, like, that was one we were split on. I did take Washington. Oh, yeah. you, nope, you are right. You did. I'll, I'll call myself out. Oh, no, we, no, no, no. We both took we I both thought you took, took the Chargers. I thought I did, too. That's why I'm like, what the I'm fuck? I'm pretty but, certain you took the Chargers. I'm pretty I, certain we were split on that one. I, I wrote the R next to the football <laughs> team. Maybe I did it. Maybe I did it on accident or something. That's not, I don't know. I can't explain it, but uh, – it, I'm gonna have to just go with it. So yeah, neither one of us. I yeah, I Fair feel enough. like I picked the Chargers, but it's <laughs> <laughs> go back and I, listen to pods, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't even care. All right. Um, so we go on to the Darnold Bowl. The Darnold Bowl. I like it. The Jets at the Panthers. And Darnold wins the Darnold Bowl. Sam Darnold won the Sam Darnold Bowl. And he had a lot of help from Christian McCaffrey, I would say. <laughs> yes. Uh, not that he looked bad or anything. Um, I think he was fine, but I think he's going to be fine in this offense, and especially if he's getting that kind of help from Christian McCaffrey, who, sure. welcome back, Christian McCaffrey. Just went fucking banana hammock everywhere. Woo. Man, nine catches for him, too. Right, right. 89 fucking yards. He had almost <laughs> almost 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving, almost. I mean, God, he, he just went ballistic. So there you go. There you go. Fuck it. That's my – That's and, hey, the Jets, they got a little something going eventually. Uh, Zach Wilson's first game. That, that team needs a fucking running game. Because it ain't Tevin Coleman. I had some hope <laughs> for Ty Johnson, um, but I mean they 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 need a running back really bad. Like it, they got to help that kid out with with the running game. Well, the biggest problem was for the Jets. Not only did they lose the game, oh Becton, they lost. 
lost Bakai Becton, the left tackle. Yeah. yeah. And and they carted him out. I don't know what the injury is, but usually if you're carting a guy out, dang good. That's for sure. Right. So, uh, and oh man, this this game, this game basically gave me the middle finger because I've had Nothing but mean things to say about Corey Davis. I've called him Corpse Davis for the longest time. Uh, and we have to give him credit. Five catches, yeah. 97 yards, and two touchdowns. And also, I'm not I'm not a stupid fantasy player, too. Like, I definitely drafted some Corey Davis. I started some Corey Davis because I saw his usage in the preseason. I saw the fact that there's no one else there right now, no proven guys. There was some hope for Elijah Moore, and I love me some Elijah Moore, but I'm pretty sad that I ended up with more receiving yards than him in week one. Uh, we'll do better, but uh, but Sam Darnold also, I know I ragged on him too. I would agree with you. He was, he was solid. You know, he did, he did what he needed to do in this one, which is basically he doesn't need to, doesn't need to be the hero. Just, right. You know, all, he's got all this talent around him. His job is to just not screw it up. And to his credit, he did a pretty good job with that. Yeah. And he'll probably get more comfortable. Like, you know, th- this is kind of m- m- what I expect. I've, I felt like he would be better than he showed in New York, but it, it's mm-hmm. not like I thought Darnold was going to become all of a sudden fucking phenomenal or anything but i do thought i do think like i said i would sit there and think like yeah if you put him on a good team with some talent around him and better coaching like he's gonna you're gonna he's got some talent you're gonna get better out of him than than gase and and his surroundings and environment did there it's just it made sense to me um but uh yeah yeah and real quick i don't know what else you have to say but before you go on I did pick the Panthers. You picked the Jets. So a point for me, and that is tied up, my friend. Okay. There we go. J E T S Jets. 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 <laughs> uh, sorry, EDG. I, I'm sorry, man. I think it's I think I uh, I got brainwashed, you know, um, because I wrote about the Jets for player profilers. A draft kit there mm. and, and you know you could see that that is a team that's heading in the right direction they're right. not it's not like the chargers they're not playoff contender yet but you i like what this what joe douglas in the front office has been doing things have been logical because before it really was the front office before him was just let's fling stuff at the wall and we're going to see what sticks Right. And that just doesn't work in the NFL. So for Jets fans, you have some optimism there. Hey, I mean. And they've dealt with a lot of injuries this offseason. Yeah. And, and you know, rookie quarterback and all that. So give it some time. I, like I said, I do think eventually they they need to get the kid a good fucking running back in there. And uh, yeah. I, I still got some hope um, for, you know, Somebody, somebody's got it best out of that. I would still probably believe in Certainly. Ty Johnson more than any of them. But well, and the truth is, because I'm looking at the carries there, Coleman had nine carries, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter each at four. Mm. I mean, when you've got a three-headed running back by committee, 
that really tells you that you have no running back at all. How the right. hell can anybody get into any type of rhythm when exactly. it's split up so evenly like that? Plus also just the, the game flow too. I mean, it was, it was already 16 zip at halftime. You're down two scores at halftime trying to play catch up. So they just kind of abandoned the run completely. There'd be better times. And this, this is a running back where that doesn't have a lot of talent and, what I'd say is, I know there was there was a bunch of hype for Ty Johnson as like a late round sleeper guy. I don't give up on him yet. Also, don't give up on Michael Carter because if you got Michael Carter, you you invested, invested higher yeah. draft capital. Yeah, it's. I would recommend like sometimes there's some guys you can just move on from. We'll be getting to this game, but. Trey Sermon is maybe an example of a guy that, yeah, and redraft you just move on from. But Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, let's it's a mulligan. Let's go one more week. Let's see how this shapes up a little bit. We'll go from there. I'm with you on that, and that's a perfect fucking segue yet again. I previously mentioned the EDG, you mentioning Trey Sermon, because next on the docket is San Francisco at Detroit. Now the 49ers. Uh, they went ahead and decided uh, to healthy scratch. Was that what it was, or am I thinking of another Healthy player? scratch. Healthy, healthy scratch. scratch. Okay, mm-hmm. that was the designation. So healthy scratch yeah. and no Trey Sermon. And, uh, oh, would you look at that? Would you look at that? Elijah Mitchell. When Raheem Moster and you know not to celebrate off of the injury of Raheem Moster because like I, I love Raheem Moster he's just one of those one of those dudes you know comes out of nowhere and you know he's the guy and people you know with even with Trey Sermon and everything like that you know a lot of people gave up on Raheem Moster and it was like good to see him get the start like this this is going to be his team he gets hurt. But in that unfortunate situation, there then is an opportunity. And I'm very happy to see Elijah Mitchell get that opportunity and not only get it, but produce with it. Because I was saying all offseason, only thing I see different between those two players is one of them is fast and one of them is not. Like that, that's all I kept looking at. And, but again, I'm no NFL scout. I, 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 you know, who knows if I know what the hell I'm talking about. That's just what I was looking at is I was like, Elijah Mitchell just seems like a faster version of Trey Sermon is what really, you know, and, and some people think maybe he's in the doghouse. Some people um, are reporting that I've seen some reports or something out there along the lines of, he just was not the best back in pre, uh, you know, the other backs were just better than him during offseason, preseason stuff. And so, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I, and I'm seriously not trying to brag that much other than because, uh, uh, no, you, you know, Mr. You EDG, <laughs> Mr. EDG said something in the chat today. And I was like, no, no need to apologize. It's just, you know, hey. Mr. EDG, I love you, bro. Everybody makes mistakes, but I'm not going to rub anything in too much because your Jets had a rough day too. So, and you know what? They're on the rise. They're going to be good. You know, so lots to look forward to EDG. But <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, so, but it's nice to see this one because I do, I have quite a few rosters with Elijah Mitchell on it because he was fucking cheap, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I got quite a bit of in Elijah Mitchell. So that's, that's a good thing. But um, other than that part, uh, it, the other interesting aspect was Mr. Brandon Ayuk blanked. And there was something about a curfew that I saw on Twitter. I don't know. I don't know what I buy I don't into think that all was that a... stuff. So yeah. I I really don't know what the what the deal is with all of that. Um, but it's like I mean, he was playing well at the end of last year. Could he just be like I I don't know what to make of it to be honest with this one. All I know is the the, the last thought I got on this game before I talk. And you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I keep going first. I'm gonna. You need to go first on the next handful of games. It just, I don't want to steal everything. If you get yeah. So, but anyway, one last thing. T.J. Hawkinson. Woo. T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, okay, that's all. That's all. Go ahead. <laughs> I got three quick points. I'm gonna make one. The only thing I'm gonna mention with Elijah Mitchell is like every year we always know there is gonna be one performance where we go. That's who you need to spend your fab on. Mm. Elijah Mitchell is who you need to spend your fab on. Just look at the carries. Raheem Mostert, when he went down, he had two carries. He was number two in the game with carries. Mm-hmm. Elijah Mitchell had 19 of the 28 carries there. No one else had – oh, sorry, I was mistaken. Quarterbacks, they put him down below. But each quarterback had three carries. But still, just running back carries. Mitchell had 19 of the 22 – running back carries holy moly so elijah mitchell definitely go and spend whatever money you need to get him number two we didn't talk about the this story and i think there's always a good thing to bring up to this one deandre swift because right before the game the nfl network like did the story where they go ah, jamal williams is the starter and you know do with that and do with that information as you will like and and people freaked out and Yes, Jamal Williams did start. I want to say it was like he had the first series and then Swift came out of the second series. Sometimes, like, I don't really care, especially with running backs, who is quote unquote starting. Right. A lot of backfields are have two running backs that, that are utilized. And the, this was a complete non story. Like, okay, okay, let Jamal Williams be the first and second down running back. You know what DeAndre Swift did? Oh, I don't know. Led the Lions in targets with 11. He had eight catches, 65 yards and a touchdown. And, oh, yeah, he still actually led the backfield in carries. Like, these coaching staffs are illogical. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know why you'd ever start Jamal Williams over a guy like DeAndre <laughs> Swift, who is literally one of the best running back prospects we've seen. Like, he, he was even a better – like, uh, who's the – Lance, Lance – uh, um, Zireline from NFL.com that does. Oh, he, yeah. He, yeah, he grades rookies. And Swift had – he may have had the best – the best scores since Saquon Barkley. Like, okay. I mean, it's been like the analytics, the film people, we've just all agree that Swift is really good. But yet coaching staff sometimes are just – but we just saw it in this game, too. Yeah, sure, they started with Jamal Williams, and then they realized, oh, yeah, DeAndre Swift is so much better. 
freaking love it. And what was the third point I was going to make? Hold on. Was it a Detroit Lions? Oh, okay. One of the things I do when I add with Ayuk, he was dealing with, with a strained hamstring all preseason. And yes, I know people come up and they go, well, he practiced all week. Those sprained muscles are sometimes a little weird. And people go, well, why didn't he get a target? I don't know how many snaps Ayuk played, but it's these these coaches have a different mindset than us fantasy gamers. Right. These coaches are trying to keep the other team on edge. And you know what? It's the coaching staff at San Francisco probably went, you know what? Ayuk isn't going to – he can't be the number one guy this week. But we can't go and say that he's – that, that like he's not 100% and that he might not play because, yeah, the, then the other team's got that information too. So it, it is the most annoying part. Mm. Ayuk is the reminder that, yet again, this stuff never changes. I was, I was hesitant. I want to say on the last pod that I did mention, I was like, I'm hesitant with Ayuk because this was a game San Francisco was supposed to handle pretty easily. And on top of that, I was like, I don't know if they'll really use Ayuk. Uh, but right. going forward, I mean, I saw some really ridiculous takes. Come on, people. <laughs> come, come on, guys. Remember, Kyle Shanahan actually does love Brandon Ayuk. That was the guy they wanted to take with their first of two first-rounders last year, and they were ecstatic to get him with the second one. And Ayuk was their best receiver last year. It's just he's still coming back from this injury. And, you know, if people start – dropping them or even better in dynasty leagues that people are going to really like sell on, on this. Like, sure. Let me buy, let me buy Like it may be another rough week or two on that. Those, those hammies, they, they can linger. They can linger for a little bit. So yes, indeed. I, I don't worry about the, the long-term being by the end, by the end of the season, Ayuk's going to be doing Ayukin things. I sure <laughs> fucking hope so. All right. We're going to take a quick break before we move on to the last handful of games and then get into the Monday night preview. You good with that, Aaron? Good? Yep. Take I'm a good quick with that. break, come back, and get the games. a little refreshed, and finish this sucker off. That's the plan. I feel I'm, I was thinking that while we were on our, our quick hiatus, our quick break, it's hiatus longer. Anyway, never mind. I digress. <laughs> I was thinking, I wonder if anybody's seeing this video, if it ever gets uploaded because my fucking internet is, uh, is terrible or something's going on here. But I probably looked as though I was falling asleep while you were talking. I was thinking because <laughs> I was just. <laughs> But it's not that at all. I, I am a bit tired and I'm really stoned. But uh, no, not falling asleep. Not not at all. Not when there's still a few games left to talk yet. So, Aaron, please start us 
with this, with, this is a surprise. It, it, it's a surprise to me. It's a surprise to both of us, I think. Yes, because we both picked the Jaguars to win the game. And uh, <laughs> not that they didn't have some moments, Mr. Trevor Lawrence, but uh, the fucking Houston Texans won? Yeah, so the funny thing on this, I was being a complete smartass. And I, I mentioned on the last pod, I said, you know what? I mean, we could also see the Houston Texans winning this game. And then losing all the rest of our games because that's the same exact thing that's true. <laughs> that happened that's true. to the Jaguars last year. That's they very true. I forgot someone. about that. And, and so I, when it became quite clear the Texans are going to win, I was like, well, I'll be <laughs> Just being, being a smart ass. Uh, but some, some of my takeaways on this one, I actually, oh God, and maybe the one and only TikTok video I ever did, but for, for listeners, um, they don't know what's going on. Roto Underworld, of course, has a TikTok channel, and they've recently opened it up for for us to to the analysts to, to record some stuff if we've got it. And I happen to be at the Fort Worth Zoo on Saturday, and, and there's there's a pretty cool place where you get to go and you get to pet stingrays, and they got little sharks in there too. Um, awesome. And then it just kind of came to me. I was like, oh, let's do a video on DJ Shark, you know, and do chart hunting because it, everyone I, and I love Chanel I have them in Dynasty like but Chanel everyone's gotten on board and then even like Marvin Jones because Chark had a broken finger and then wasn't playing and in fantasy football people have short-term memory loss and and I point out some of the things with DJ Chark it's hey top 15 in air yard share in average target distance in deep targets, but also last year because of bad quarterback play, his catchable target rate and his target premium was just abysmal. And it's like, you know, now we got Trevor Lawrence, who some of the people said is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck to enter the NFL. This has got to be good for DJ Chark and Chark was the leading, he had 12 targets there out of 49 targets. So just under 25% target share. And he led the team receiving with receiving yards, 86 and a touchdown. And also number two, according to PFF, number two in air yards amongst wide receivers. So I'm like, man, this, that TikTok is great. TikTok is also not live yet. That's because Roto Underworld's got a lot in the queue. So right unfortunate timing for me but that's probably my, my one takeaway because we're all like who is the receiver there is like a clear three receivers but even on this one marvin jones and chenault both had nine targets as well so 12 chart nine for jones nine for chenault it's still a mess and then for for the texans I don't know if there's really any takeaway. It's still pretty nasty. But Brandon Cooks. I mean, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, Brandon Cooks. Yeah. He had a good day. And and I know there were some very uh, – <laughs> poor, poor James Robinson fans. It has just been a roller coaster. Yeah, Travis Etienne get drafted in the first round. It's like, oh, that's a bummer. That legit sucks if you were a fan of James Robinson. Then Etienne gets hurt, and it's like, yay, James Robinson again. Only for James Robinson to have, like, zero touches for the longest time. And to actually have less touches than Carlos freaking Hyde. And there's a yeah, bunch of really weird it. stuff. There's a bunch of weird stuff going on, like behind the scenes with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, or maybe behind the scenes is the 
is not the correct term. Some stuff reported about some dysfunction there. It's as college coaches, the transition is not always smooth because in college you can you can be a dictator with mm. maybe an emphasis on the first part of that word, dick. Right. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't work in the pros when you, you, the players are. I mean, some of the some of the players, a lot of the players are paid more than you, the coach. So we're seeing it's that interesting, you know, how it is sometimes coaches staff, new coaching staff comes in and they gotta they've got to build the culture, but mm, it's interesting. Not a good start there in Jacksonville. I I really don't think they're a talented team, but they should have been able to beat the Texans for the very least not get beat by 16 points. Oh yeah. That's, that's pretty. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have much to add. Um, I, I will say Mark Ingram. I mean, he got fucking 26 26. carries. I mean, (laughs) you know, he's still Mark Ingram, but I mean, it, it appears he's the number one, uh, in Houston as far as running back. And then with the Jags, uh, I love DJ Chark too. I also love Chenault. Um, I will admit, I was a little worried about Chark. However, I've got him rostered in a couple dynasty leagues. People tried to drave, trade for him from me. And no, 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 no. I love me DJ Chark. Just because I'm unsure what's going to happen this year doesn't mean I'm ready to let him go. So it, this was good for me. This is another, hey, I like seeing this. It, it, to me, it was kind of unexpected. Um, I, honestly, I figured Chenault would be more of a number two, but I, I just had this feeling that Marvin Jones was going to be, because it's fucking Urban Meyer, and I'm like, what the hell is he doing? I mean, he's doing shit like Carlos Hyde over James Robinson, so I, I don't know. Although I will say this, DJ Chark, 12 targets, only three receptions. I know 86 yards and a touchdown, and I know some of those were probably not catchable. Can't say, didn't watch the game. But that, 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 imagine the day he could have had with a few more catches. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. So I, I definitely, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that. So we'll move on to the next game. This one was another surprise. Um, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers just getting the shit beat out of them. I mean, I'm not honestly surprised that the Saints won. I'm surprised they beat the ever-living piss out of the Green Bay Packers. Um, I mean, there is absolutely nothing, nothing to say about the Packers, in my opinion. No. (laughs) I'm assuming they'll bounce back. That's all I can say. As far as the Saints, I love seeing this with Jameis. I, I love seeing him. I, I just I felt so good for the dude and five fucking touchdowns. And, um, it, you know, the defense was playing well. And I, I was wrong. One of the guys that kind of doubted, I spoke about in the infirmary report, Deonta Harris. Because you were talking about, I was talking about behind Marquez Callaway. You know, even Marquez Callaway, tough cornerback matchup today. And we saw that. There's a lot of chatter about that. What happened with Marquez Callaway? Thought he was Jameis's number one. He was fucking being covered by one of the best goddamn quarterbacks in the game. Chill out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so then I, I'm like, eh, I'm not Deontay Harris. I'm 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 not 
super, I'm not ever super big on the guys that are just fast. That's the only thing they can do. However, I failed to realize that with James Winston, that's not a bad thing. So, <laughs> so Deontay Harris, I get, I, I got to admit, definitely more valuable than I had considered. And, uh, but I would also say that Chris Hogan, who I brought up in the infirmary, <laughs> caught a fucking touchdown. So bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I love so, it. But uh, no, I, for me overall, I just thought it was that I don't even like the Saints. I've never liked the Saints, but I was really rooting for Jameis to start. And it's kind of hard not to root for him right now. Uh, it's really cool to see. And it would be amazing to see them just smash the Bucks and win the division. And like Sean Payton taking Jameis Winston and doing what Bruce Arians couldn't like that kind of home there. Like there, there would just be so much shit to it, but like, it'd be, it, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a fun division race. Cause I do think uh, the saints are here to say, man. And you know, I'm sure there's going to be times when Jameis makes mistakes, but overall um, I'm kind of interested to see how, what, where the saints team goes, but, and again, with the Packers, I'm just going to assume they're going to bounce back. That's, that's all there is. That's all I got. And one thing I'll point out to Jameis Winston, which I will say, I'm not the biggest Winston fan. I, I don't think I'm I'm a hater either. It's just like when it came to choosing like who we think is going to start, Winston, Taysom Hill, kind of the the stuff I was picking up on. I was like, hi. I mean, Sean Payton really seems to like Taysom Hill, but they they threw freaking shade at Jameis Winston because they point out because quite quite frankly he had an amazing game. I mean, to throw five touchdowns, and especially on just 20 passes, like, the, the, that's, that's, that's remarkable. But on TV, of course, they had to go and they'd be like, he is, like, he's the only guy to throw five touchdowns to throw, like, under, like, so many yards because he only threw 148 yards. And I'm like, right. come on, guys. Like, clearly, like, their game plan was, like, it was, it was built more around the run and to kind of open up the passing game, right? Like, like Jameis Winston kind of got the um, the Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, where like Garoppolo's not gonna throw a lot of passes. Like that's basically what Sean Payton did. But but also there's so much has changed on that offense. And I'm like, come on, guys, can you just like let Winston have his W, his right. Winston? <laughs> so and then yeah, the Green Bay side, what a mess. Just what a there isn't anything to talk about that. That is embarrassing. I don't know what to take away from that, but holy moly. Hey, up, kudos, kudos to the Saints. You could tell they're they're well coached because they were prepared in I mean, this was supposed to be a home game for them that they had to play in Jacksonville. And yet yeah. they still adjusted. I get it. Green Bay still had to travel, but like what the hell, Green Bay? <laughs> you got beat by five touchdowns to a team that lost their home crazy yeah it, it's wild but again assume they'll bounce back <laughs> yeah and oh oh i guess i better catch the show jacksonville okay we picked jacksonville to win this one uh let's see let's see let's see we both picked the packers to win so obviously that didn't go right we move on to miami at new england uh i believe i had the patriots and let's go Definitely on the Patriots because yeah, I you had, had a because uh, my apologies to rookie quarterbacks. I picked 
the rookie quarterbacks to win all their games. Oh, I was yeah, like, that's right. That would, just, that would just be such a great story. You know, you have Forgot the Jets, the Patriots, <laughs> and oh, who was who's our other starting quarterback? I'm blanking. Uh, and, and Trevor Lawrence. And right. my apologies to those fan bases. I picked all three of those rookie quarterbacks, and instead of going 3-0, and they went 0-3. So... <sighs> Yep, Dolphins won the game. What do you got to say about this particular game, Mr. Aaron? Well, I know there have been some you know, we go, oh no, Patriots backfield. How is this gonna is it gonna be a jumbled up mess? I say it's pretty, pretty clear there. Damian yes. Harris received 23 of the 30 total team carries. James White was next. He was the only other guy with more than one carry. Right. So Damian Harris, definitely going to get the work on the ground. He caught a couple of passes, too. He won't be heavily involved in, in the passing game. But clearly, like, how dare I say, LeGarrette Blunt type season where, you know, with Damian Harris, where he's just going to receive a lot of carries. Uh, and then Jonu Smith getting the carry. Of course, I just I love that because yeah, the whole thing is Jonu Smith, the future <laughs> RB, uh, future RB1 season. And Mac Jones, just kind of looking at box score stuff probably had the most impressive performance of the rookie quarterbacks went through 39 passes completed 29 of them 281 yards a touchdown and most importantly no turnovers he did have a fumble but didn't lose it i really for i think he played better than tua i mean if if you you just kind of look at things but i mean dolphins won the game so Tua is disappointing, and probably on the Miami side of it, I'll dig a little deeper there, because it's, first off for Waddle, he catching a touchdown, so hey, a rookie kept catching a touchdown, get the first one, like that, that's that's awesome, and uh, what are we doing with the backfield there? It's still Gaskin, but Malcolm Brown, he, still there. Five for 16. Five carries for 16 yards. But Gaskin was at Gaskin was targeted five times and caught all five of those. So what Gaskin may lack in having he I believe he should have more of the work on the ground, but right. what, he will certainly make up for that because he's still going to be heavily involved in the passing game. It does appear the, that way. And the other thing too is like we want like a super deep sleeper there. Like yeah, I mean, you gotta have some massive rosters. But he's at least intriguing, and you know the benefit of he didn't show up in the box score. Uh, but Albert Wilson, who was out last year, he opted out because of COVID, mm. and you start hearing some some conversations. I know Will Fuller is going to be back next week. It's going to be it's going to be Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle is the top three. But Albert Wilson is that. In terms of number four receivers, with their backups, like Wilson is a guy that can't start. Wilson has started in the past, and and he intrigues me because he has that ability to create after the catch. And in this game, he didn't catch any balls, but he did see a couple of targets. And I can't wait for snap shares to come out to see. But I know that there's been a couple of people on the Adam Schefter podcast. He had. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's it's a guy that's been working with receivers and running backs mm-hmm. um, from rookies like Michael Carter all the way to a veteran like Albert Wilson. And he had mentioned that Albert Wilson's looked good. And I remember a lot of the Miami Beat reporters really liked Albert Wilson as well. So I just want to throw a deep name out there. Like, 
those are the ways we win dynasty is you gotta right. take those dart throws and albert wilson's not sexy because at this point he's like 29 years old right. um, and he you've got like a hundred percent chance he's he's available there and he's worth monitoring there because who knows who knows he we, i know fuller's gonna be back but if an injury if an injury happens yeah he'll be he'll be getting some snaps very very true I really don't have much to add. I think you kind of summed up everything nicely for me. So we'll move on to Minnesota at Cincinnati. And um, this is a game we both had in Minnesota. So neither one of us got that right. <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, I'm going to throw it over to you after I just say, like, Jamar Chase, what drops? Like, hell of a game. Hell of a game. Mixon had a good game. Feeling, you know, I love me some Justin Jefferson, too. Yeah, it, it, it was like some people were off of Thielen because of Justin Jefferson, and some people like me were more off of Thielen this year because it was more that we didn't expect him to get those double-digit touchdowns again. Now, he had a good day-to-day, and it, you know, even without double-digit touchdowns, he could still be very, very awesome for your football team. And you know, his ADP wasn't too crazy. So I should have, I feel like I should have been higher on Thielen for this particular year, but it was nice to see him have a good day. So I, I sorry, guess I was thought I, I spoke long more than I thought I was going to, but, um, but yeah, that's about all I got was, it was good to see Chase get out there and have a good game after, you know, some of the shit during the, the, the preseason and then Joe Mixon and Adam Thielen as well. So uh, that's what I got from this game. And, and Hey, there you go. Uh, Jamar, Chase was right. I don't know if Jamar Chase uh, had posted on Twitter one and oh, this was Saturday. Ah, I love it. Saturday. I love it. And then um, one of the, was it Chris Boyd? One of the Vikings defensive backs uh, put in response to that cocaine is a hell of a drug. And, (laughs) (laughs) and so, hey, Jamar Chase not only backed it up, uh, not only did his team back it up and get the win, but he backed it up. He had a good day himself. So uh, very good game for those guys. That's what I got for that. So good on Jamar Chase. Absolutely. And, and yeah, just briefly with Chase, like good good for him. Because like everyone, you can right. always he tell. really catching some shit. Yeah, you can always tell. They get into like late August, early September. You get on Twitter, and I don't know if it's just people need takes or people are just bored. Like they they make stories out of nothing, right? And not that I expected this type of performance from Chase, but it's like, yeah, like it's that's how you win some of these drafts. Is these stories these stories come up, and it pushes Jamar Chase down like uh, really two full rounds of where he was going. And then when you draft him and then he has a game like this, it's like, Oh yeah, he's going to be fine. Like he got such great value. And a similar thing to Joe Mixon, Mixon, it Mixon is one of those guys that feels like he's been around forever, but he, they still, still young, still, I want to say he's 26 and still athletically in his prime. And my goodness, uh, no, (laughs) no Giovanni Bernard means that Joe Mixon is involved now in all aspects, including passing game, targeted yeah, four times, got four man. passes. It's like those little things, four, catching four passes for 23 yards, that's an additional six points. It's right. nothing 
nothing like huge or anything, but like that makes Joe Mixon so much more valuable. So awesome oh, for sure. him. And then on the Minnesota Vikings, or actually one more thing with the Bengals, because we've never talked kickers, but that Evan McPherson, he's he's a rookie kicker. Mm. Uh want to say he came out of Florida. Don't quote me on that. I'm still learning kickers there, but that's that is a guy to to know. I had actually been picking him up before the game, so I was ecstatic, especially 53 yard field goal to win it. Like that's that's good points in these leagues that still have kickers. Right. And on the Minnesota side, shout out to Cody Carpentier on this one because we have the Irv Smith injury and Minnesota has typically not been a team to utilize three wide receiver sets. Mike Zimmer kind of hinted at it a little bit, but Cody said in particular, the guy that you're going to want that's going to have some value come out of this is KJ Osborne, second year receiver. And man, imagine, imagine saying this before the game that KJ Osborne would score more fantasy points than Justin Jefferson. Just, <laughs> nuts that like crazy there but like also for kj osborne because that that was a solid performance that's seven catches 76 yards that is not going to be the normal expectations for him but but good for minnesota and also going forward like that's kind of the important thing on week one like i talked about the atlanta falcons i'm like oh yeah they're clearly using 12 personnel using two tight ends minnesota is I can't wait for snap counts to officially come out, but looks like they are going more 11 personnel. You have to be fluid in these situations. And that does affect a lot of projections there because what does that mean when it comes to like Chris Herndon or Tyler Conklin? Like whoever the backup tight end is has absolutely zero fantasy relevance. So fun to see. Dalvin Cook also saw all all the work, but that's that's surprising. Okay, we'll go ahead and move on. Broncos at the Giants. Uh, For this one, you go ahead and begin, my friend. And I will start with saying I didn't watch a single second of this one, but mainly (laughs) because I was watching Browns and Chiefs. Uh, The At least kind of looking at what was following the score at the bottom of the game, it kind of went the way this scene, honestly for me, this was the easiest game to predict. It was like, yeah, the Broncos are going to have their way. It's going to be – Giants are not going to be able to score much because this Broncos defense is good. And let's see, Daniel Jones hit <laughs> – Daniel Jones lost a fumble, like, and the sky is blue. It, those always happen. But to Daniel Jones' credit, I thought he'd have more turnovers. Oh, it's the nicest. That's the nicest thing I could say about Daniel Jones. Right. I thought he was going to have more turnovers, but fortunately he only had one. Uh, and he did get some work done on the ground. I, I was very mean to Daniel Jones. I'm sorry. I said that you were going to have negative fantasy points in Scott Fishbowl. I don't know if that's true or not, but since you only turn the ball over once, probably okay. And then Teddy Bridgewater is just the perfect quarterback for what this t- this team's identity. Right, Broncos, it's crazy. The Broncos are going to be a defensive-oriented team. They're going to want to run the ball. So having Bridgewater, who goes out and completes 28 of 36 passes and makes sure not to turn the ball over, it's perfect there. Uh, Javante Williams, our boy Javante Williams, had more carries than Melvin Gordon. But Melvin Gordon got a 70-yard touchdown run. Yes, he did. That's all right. Melvin! Melvin! 
that's cool. Hey, man, that's cool. Would, to hey, see the this. Broncos are cheering that too because they probably want to trade them. Saquon Barkley, there's going to be a, so many people going to overreact. Don't overreact. Like, I know. I said know. on the infirmary report, if if he's going, you play him, man. And he did not he have a good to. day. He, did. he got to. Shit yeah. happens. Is he fully healthy from the ACL? We can only speculate, but I'm sure that he's not 100%. But also, too, like, there's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some struggles because the offensive line with the Giants isn't good, and the thing to watch will be the passing game involvement, which just wasn't there. And sorry, Giants fans, that's Jason Garrett for you. So Kenny Galladay was decent. Uh, on right. that one because he's been I dealing like with his own Sterling Shepard getting in there yeah. with over 100 yards and a touchdown that was I, good to see he I had to start him in Scott Fishbowl because I'm desperate at receivers so him having that <laughs> performance I was like yes uh, and, and oh yeah I've got a last thing I'll mention is with Jerry Judy right yes he dodged a big bullet he's uh, high a ankle sprain. sprain yeah which is not good news but I mean, I was watching that. I was like, that looks. I think his his ankle's not facing the right way. Right. <laughs> so it could have. I thought it was a lot worse. I was. It could have been worse. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking dislocated ankle, like that season ending high ankle sprain. That there could be a range. We spoke about Barkley. Barkley had a high ankle sprain two years ago, mm. and he, of course played after like missing just two games typically the time frame for these it could be from i want to say like three weeks is the minimum usually barkley's a freaking game back in two and it can go up to six weeks and even when they play their performance will be affected so people that want to crap on jerry judy just know like a high ankle sprain is a broken leg like it really is it's broken fibula that's really what the high ankle sprain is. And if that affects his performance, and I expect it will for this season, he's going to be a perfect buy low in Dynasty because yeah. you had season one drops, season two, high ankle sprain. Yeah. And most people are quick to sell at that point. So Dynasty, you know, put out some feelers for him. For sure. I like it. And I don't really have anything to add, man. <laughs> I, I really don't. I, it was just nice seeing. I've always been a fan. I, I know there's probably a lot of this today, but maybe it's just because I'm happy football's back. So I've been very positive. I, I've been saying it's a lot. Of, there's a lot of a, it's been nice to see like it, or maybe, maybe it's just because I'm getting old or something. I don't, who knows? But it, 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 it was nice to see Mr. Teddy Two Gloves uh, have a good day. And like you said, he looks right in the offense and yep. uh, and uh, it, it's going to be cool to watch this team throughout the year. So next, we had Sunday Night Football <clears throat> with the Rams and the Bears. And the new look Rams look pretty damn good, Mr. Aaron. Yeah. And oh, as far yeah. as Chicago is concerned, they need more Justin Fields in their game. You say no. No, no. I was shaking my head because oh. it took me back of – I just had to watch the entire game of Andy Dalton throwing the football and yeah, yeah, PTSD. Yeah. The, so. We want more Justin Fields, yes. please. <laughs> so that's that's basically my takeaways because otherwise, I mean, I mean, it's it went exactly how we figured it'd go. I mean, yes. <laughs> so it, it's it's kind of like okay, now we know. Hey, 
yep, Stafford and the Rams, uh, they're a good match. Let's move along. You know who else is a good match? Justin Fields with being on the football field. Yes. You see, that's a good match. So let's go Bears, make that shit happen. What do you What do you got to add, Mr. Aaron? Because as long as Dalton starts, that offense was just bad, and you feel bad for Allen Robinson. Ugh. But my, my takeaway, so I had my wide receiver cornerback uh, matchup article that, that's going to be a weekly series. I'll give eh, three to four players that, that I'm advising people to either start or sit. And the starts are usually I'm trying to find some guys that you have a pretty good chance. You at least have more than a 50% chance of finding on waiver wire. So especially, you know, Sunday mornings come out and maybe you happen to get intel that Brandon Ayuk's not going to be involved, but you can pick someone up to start. Now, my recommended starts, they didn't do anything. Russell Gage, big old goose egg. And Paris Campbell, just one catch. Yeah. Really hard to do at the beginning of the season. To people that are following that, stick with me. There's a process. <laughs> it works. The beginning of the season's brutal because there isn't much on the waiver wire plus trying to find out teams. But I did have a player I recommended sitting. And my sits are, are going to be guys that are starting in the vast majority of leagues. And one of my recommended sits was Robert Woods. And even with a touchdown, he didn't, he didn't perform well. So my sits are guys that I expect to finish outside the top 36 receivers. And even scoring a touchdown in the 57th minute of the game, which I was like, oh, really? Right. Like, he definitely did not finish. He was, like, in the early 40s there. But three catches, 27 yards with the touchdown. Also added a seven-yard seven carry. Just what I'm going to say, people, is especially, like, the sits – Follow my work there. Like, I wasn't shocked on this one. I knew Cooper Cup was going to eat. He just had – he was going to be the more preferable option. Like, Woods and Cup, they're really they're, – they're side by side. And when it when you're looking at the cornerback rankings on playerprofiler.com, very simple thing. Look at who their primary matchup is. If there is a major, major gap, because Robert Woods' matchup with Jalen Johnson, who is a top 25 cornerback, and the rest of the Bears cornerbacks suck. So <laughs> that's why Cooper Cup, he had what I'd like to say is one and a half touchdowns because he was half a yard away from scoring a second touchdown. It was crazy. So Cooper Cup eating was not a surprise at all. And on the Bears, I will say David Montgomery. David Montgomery Ooh, looked yeah. good. Yes, he, he looked did. good. And that's another reason to get Justin Fields in because, oh, that combination – Right, doing like a read option, oh, that will be dangerous. But I agree with that 100%. I guess, and it looks like I guess Marquise Goodwin is the number three receiver. Saw a little bit of Damier Bird, but Goodwin, Goodwin had four catches for the <laughs> for the team high, 45 yards. Ugh, please, let's just get Justin Fields in there. That's that's it. That's all I can do with Bears. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I can't say anymore either. There we go. And, you know, we end the week one tied up in points, in picks points. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> so we each snagged a, a couple on each other, but otherwise we end up tied. And uh, there we go. But we look ahead. We'll do a quick preview quick. Of, of, of the Monday night game. 
And I, I've, I've done like a quadruple take on this thing because I'm used to opening week having two Monday night games. I know. But they're not doing that this year. Kind of a bummer. Oh, um, goodness. <laughs> yo, you're happy about Yeah, I guess you Because I write them. <laughs> right, right. I, yes. Okay. So good, good, thank goodness for Aaron, but I, I'll still be deep down inside just a little bit disappointed. But we have the Ravens at the Raiders. I personally, I, I know you got a little something to say about this as far as with your written work and all of that. But I would just say for me, I just think the Ravens are going to do Ravens things. I, I know they're down running backs, but as I've said, I think Latavius Murray is the perfect replacement for Gus Edwards. I think this team is going to be just fine. And uh, I hope the Raiders put up a fight. I mean, you know, Darren Waller's going to get his, but that, that's going to, I just kind of feel like I'm excited to see the Ravens again, because I just like watching Lamar Jackson. That's really what it is. It, who doesn't, but let's give, give, give us your, uh, how you, how you, how'd you put it earlier? Synopsis or whatever of your, yeah, your I, <laughs> I, I literally have notes. a section called go. the cliff notes uh, on this. So just for, for listeners of the show, know that I not only am going to do a wide receiver quarterback matchup article each week that is going to come out on Friday, but on Monday mornings, I'm also going to have a Monday night football showdown article that comes out where basically in less than a thousand words, I'm open to really point out some of the things. I look at the matchups, look at what these teams do and how they match up against one another to kind of give an idea of how this game is going to go. Uh, on top of that, like I'll use Vegas information and I will have a cliff note section. I'm about, to, I'm about to read you my cliff notes. And I also concluded the very last paragraph I call the captain's conclusion, where I will also give a prediction of, of the game. Oh yeah. We got to get the brand out there. Like uh, you know, it's absolutely like incorporating it all the time there in my work. So one of the things I want to mention for people that are betting, right? So there's spreads and there's totals for the game. I am the total is set at 50 points. I'm not confident with, with the, uh, with the total because I, if I had to make one, I'd say under, but I'm really confident about the spread. I, I am smashing the spread. I, I have with what I pulled up here that the Ravens are a four point favorite on the road and I'm taking that. And I usually don't like taking favorites on the road, but the Ravens are so much better than the Rams. Yeah. And, and both teams, both teams, we know what they are. Like there is stability there. John Gruden has been with the Raiders now for a few seasons and Jim Harbaugh has been with the Ravens for a long time. And in particular, Lamar Jackson. So here are the cliff notes. I got five sentences. Number one, I like Lamar Jackson, but not his receivers. <laughs> Number two, this is probably the boldest statement on this one. Tyson Williams will see a heavy workload in week one. You mentioned Latavius Murray. I actually mm. may see a little bit of Murray, but also there's still, the, the Sunday night football game is a perfect example. We didn't see much Sony Michelle. I feel that over time, we'll see more Latavius Murray. But week one is going to be Tyson Williams' time. Like we're talking 20 plus carries. Gotcha. Number three, Mark Andrews is going to feast on his Raiders. <laughs> Raiders. Raiders defense really sucks. 
Yeah. Number four, Derek Carr, he can pass, but the Raiders remain committed to running. Like, and it's super frustrating. And the last one, Darren Waller is the only startable option for the Raiders. Not real. That's not a bold take, but sometimes you don't have to be bold. I just want to be right on this. So the yeah. boldest take on that one is going to be the Tyson Williams. Like you can, well, it's probably a little late for this, but, and, but if people, if they have already been like, I'm starting Tyson Williams at either their running back or their flex spot, feel good about it. Like this, the game flow, the game flow is going to, the game script on this is going to favor him and the Ravens and this Ravens offense since Lamar Jackson's taken over. It's made Mark Ingram. It's given him his last relevant fantasy football season. And the reason Gus Edwards has a career in the NFL is because that right. undrafted free agent running back did true. well in this system. So Tyson Williams, an undrafted free agent running back, a second year guy, but undrafted, like, yeah, right. he'll do fine. This system can make you and I like good running backs in the NFL. Hey, they should sign us. <laughs> uh, I still have an ACL. I love it, man. I love the cliff notes. I love the cliff notes. That's good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. So make sure everybody to check that out every week. Both of Aaron's series. Check out, check out my infirmary article. You could check that out as well. So very exciting. What a week, uh, one more game to go. And then, and then it's on to week two, my friends. So we'll be back tomorrow, tomorrow after the Monday night game. And we'll give you a little recap, maybe talk a little waiver wire chatter and preview Thursday night football. Ah, there we go. Any final thoughts, Mr. Aaron? Any final thoughts? Time to get rested. Time to enjoy one last game. And yeah, just football's back. It's good. Right. Yes. The world is better yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, everyone. We're going to get the hell out of here. Rest and relaxation. And we get to un, uno mas on the morrow. Until then... Everyone take care, stay safe, stay mad.